Super Train episode 124. Hello everyone, how y'all doing? This is Dan. I'm your main host. I happen to be in a bit of a loud place recording right now. There's a plane going by overhead. My apologies if you can hear it. Um, but uh, if you can guess what kind of plane it is, you'll get a free gift. Oh, it's gone now. Okay. Uh, anyways, I'm Dan. I'm your host. This is a short-lived uh, TV show podcast. Uh, we cover short-lived TV shows that never got enough love. Eventually, we will cover Super Train. In this episode, we are covering... What are we doing? I think we're going to start with... I think we're going to start with Battlestar Galactica. The great uh, Mr. Christopher Bly and myself uh, discussing... Uh, well, you'll, you'll find out. And then uh, Kristen Hawes, a.k.a. Kiki writes myself, talking about uh, uh, Tales of the Gold Monkey as episode two. And then uh, Tim S. Turner... And myself are chatting about some Kolchak. We're in the we're in the um the back quarter of Kolchak right here. So we're getting we're getting near the end of well no, we still got some time with Kolchak, but uh uh it's it's gonna be fun. So uh so yeah, enjoy the episode. We go to Battlestar Galactica, we go to Gold Monkey, we go to Kolchak, we're all over the place in this one, and luckily we're no longer just in the seventies anymore. Hooray Listen to this. <laughs> Frank Lupo and Paul Playden, directed by Donald Belisario, aired November 19th, 1978. Let's see, on this one, um, uh, Starbuck crash lands on a planet uh, where there is a castle uh, filled with Cylons. Uh, he meets a group, a ragtag bunch of warrior kids who's they used to live in the castle with their dad. Their dad is still a prisoner of the castle of Cylons who over, and they're trying to get their castle back. And uh, they enlist Starbuck to help them. Christopher and I are on the other side of this little blast of music to talk. The Young Lords. The Young Lords, Battlestar Galactica. Welcome back, everybody, to Galactica Chat or Galactica Cast or some It's just something or other. And I'm here, <coughs> pardon me, I am here with the great and mighty Mr. Christopher Bly. Chris, Christopher, Big C. How you doing? <laughs> Big C, that's a first, I'll tell you. Uh, and yeah. very, very uh, excited for this Galactica cast, Galactica chat, whichever way you want to call it. We're all Galacticans, uh, no matter how you slice Galactican, Galacticans, that's us. And um, and well, let's let's um, let's uh, let's let's dive right in. What do you uh, what did what did you think of this one? This is an interesting one. We were talking about, you know, how we look at some of these, and some of these feel like, you know, they had a like a leftover Western script, yes. and they decided to make it kind of like, you know, a little into the sci-fi term and mm -hmm. add a few little touches here and there. I felt like this was another one of those Westerns that they had uh, along there. <laughs> Sitting you know, around. Yeah. Sure. And it, just kind of like adapting it to another, um, another kind of Galactica episode. I mean, here we got um, Starbuck is our featured person, and now he's captured on uh, enemy lines. Of sorts, who would have ever thought that the Cylons would have had a castle? Yes, <laughs> that, 
the scene of all the Cylons like sitting at a, like a long picnic table polishing things made me giggle very loud. Oh god, you, we were all hoping for the Knights of the Round Table number, but uh, <laughs> we get a we number got. in this movie, but it's certainly not nothing of uh, uh, the Camelot brand. Yes. This I, I I like the opening of this one, like the first act or so. Uh, but then the moment the kids show up, apart from Audrey Landers, um, <laughs> I feel who, like you were going to say that. <laughs> who, who 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 I think is lovely, and oh. um and uh, I, I it's it's weird. Like you said, a western. I, I'm wondering if this was like Donald Belisario because he co-wrote and directed this one and i know he's big on his military stuff and his war stuff i'm wondering if this was like a leftover from another like um black sheep squadron it could or, be you know or, or the other thing i look at it too is also frank lupo who also did the a-team you know yeah that's it? true yeah yeah and so it does, you kind of you kind of have a mix of uh larson verse and uh what's his name Stephen Steve j, j. Canal. yeah you're gonna mix it in there so yeah the mm-hmm. a-team but in an indirect way as you would expect that's true, yeah, because you get these sort of military Belisario stuff mixed with like <coughs> when they're doing like the rhyme and like blowing everything up. That very A Team like. That's true, yeah. I'd forgotten that because I saw his name and went, I know that name, and then I forgot to look up why I know that name. But yeah, no, that it, it's. I love the like I said, I love the first act. Then the kids show up, and I sort of thought, okay, so this is what's going to happen here and then you learn oh our dad's being held captive and i thought okay so we're going to free the dad and that'll we'll get rid of the cylons and that's exactly what happens mm. and there's not it's it is not i would say i mean when the most exciting scenes are either watching audrey landers or watching lauren green sick in bed you know there's some <laughs> problems yeah, we, we we finally got a dama under the weather. Who would have yes, thought out of space? We do. I do. I mean, I do like the scene where they, um, the Cylons are on one side of the river, and and the kids and Starbuck on the other side, and they send the boats across with the hostages, mm. and they both do the exact same trick to each other. I thought that was a nice nice scene. Um, well, it's kind of like the scarecrow uh, uh, procedure, if you will. You know, on that yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a. But but apart from that, it's just sort of um, it kind of goes where you think it's gonna go, and the kids aren't really that interesting. Mm-hmm. And whenever I saw the dad, I thought, oh, it's one of the assassins from Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> I forget I Mr. Winter, Mr. Kid. I think that was their name. I forget. I I, I, I um. I'm, I'm, uh, he's 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 a uh, Mr. Wint because yes. he's a, oh how kind of you, Mr. Kid. Ms. Yeah, yes. Bruce Glover, the father of Crispin. Mm-hmm. And um, he was also in Chinatown as well. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. he's one of the operatives of Jake Giddies in there. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, uh, who, who doesn't uh, uh, who doesn't like a, a Bruce Glover, you know, uh, guest starring feature? You yes, know, exactly. That. exactly. And uh, you know, the other thing I kind of I want to almost call it I wanted to call this like you could have re- renamed this Big Easy Cylons because basically <laughs> we're in the bayou, they're going through a swamp. Yes. And of yeah. course, we find out that the swamp is not exactly a good thing for them because, yes, they develop rust, as we find out from one character. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're watching them, uh, there, there, there is there is a shot I loved in it that actually I, I don't usually watch the uh, widescreen versions. Usually I watch the full screen or the, yeah, the one. I actually three, three. watched the widescreen ones for this one. As, as I did, too. I did, too. And there is a great shot where the the um, the Vipers crashed and you see, like, all the tall weeds and grass and everything. <laughs> and you can see the Cylons sort of moving through it. And then the camera mm. pulls back. And it's a really great wide shot of, like, the, the Viper absolutely wrecked. 
Oh snap. yeah. And and like the left side of the screen ends with the tip of the wing. The very far right side of the screen, you can just see the tops of the Cylons' heads sort of moving through the grass, and sort of Starbuck is kind of easing his way out of the craft. And but I just that's a, tip. a really Remember, nice just shot. Just a tip. Yeah. But just a tip. Remember that. Yeah, exactly. And it, but it was like I thought, now, now, now that's really framed well for like the widescreen. I would have because um, mm. on the full frame, it's it's fine. It's nothing spectacular. But for some reason on there, it's like, wow, that really used the full widescreen. And so I, I'm not, I, <laughs> pardon me, I don't think just watching. I, I watch it on, on the widescreen, then I watch the full screen. I think the full screens look better on the mm-hmm. Blu-ray set. I don't know okay. why. But I just think they look a bit better, so I'll probably stick with the full frames. But. Okay. Uh, let's see what else. Um, uh, yeah, watching the um, watching the Cylons go through the swamp, I did think like that's that can't be pleasant for them, can it? <laughs> yeah. It's a, and then the other thing too that comes out of it is uh, we have a new character in this movie. This one we have Spectre, who yes. happens to be like the other being of uh, Lucifer. Mm-hmm. The first I thought it was Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also looking at the, the the marsh things over there, my first thought was I said at first I was thinking, oh, it's silence in the cornfield, we're gonna go to Planet of the Apes territory. Yes, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My first thought, and then when you mm-hmm. see that there's water, I said, okay, no, it's a swamp. There you mm-hmm. go, clear, mm-hmm. clear on that one. And Spectre, the funny thing about it is when I looked at it, you don't usually see these beings in the daytime because you always see them in the yes. darkness and glowing and all that mm-hmm. and all that. So with a daytime view on there, it kind of reminded me of Stan Winston's work um, as of, of Kilroy. Which is the uh, the Kilroy was here uh, album of sticks? Oh yes, they, oh yeah, yeah. And when they did the music video, you, know, you had mm-hmm. those like slanty mm-hmm. guy with the things there and the thing. Yeah. And I said like, oh my god, if I didn't know this would be like a shrunken head uh, Kilroy here, if, yes. if, uh, for sure. And so that when I looked at Spectre, I, and we don't know that that's Spectre until uh, <laughs> Baltar mentions it, because I keep on mm-hmm. thinking, oh, somehow that there's an. And here's the thing: is that uh, I guess you can tell the differences from the robe because mm-hmm. you know. You, because at first I thought, oh, they must have beamed or landed uh, Lucifer down here, but somehow he has a different outfit on. And, mm-hmm. of course, it's voiced by the same person, strangely <coughs> enough, uh, good old Jonathan uh, um, Jonathan um, Harris, who was mm-hmm. Dr. Smith. But, um, but the thing is, is that I look at Spectre and I keep on thinking, wow, he just came from his rehearsal of the Barbershop Quartet with that, <laughs> uh, that robe there. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is a – I just – I sit there and I think, okay, so this is this this is very logical robot society, and how do they have like they have like like Spectre runs like an outpost like on the edge of everything that they seem to have forgotten about or something. I thought, how does that happen with like a robot society? I mean, I can see that like if you're a big like if you know at the height of the British Empire, I can see someone forgetting. Oh, we that's right, we took over that island. I forgot we have someone there, but there's <laughs> well, something about like, the it's robots. It's a little piece of turf. Yes, yeah, yeah, piece of turf there. You know, there, there's something about the robot sort of thing that makes it feel. And especially, like I said, when you go inside the castle, and you expect to see like um, big mugs of mead and someone with like a turkey leg, you just get all the silence kind of standing around, except for the ones who are polishing things at a table. Yeah. And, and no Harry Potter either. So no, no, none at all. You're expecting them, but it's yes. just not there in a big place like this. Also, you know, you get them in in the in this whole swamp area. Nobody's got a Cajun accent. What the no, hell is that? Deal? Wouldn't that have been great? Yeah, no Cajun oh, accent, no silence with like computerized Spectre. Cajun or something like that. Yeah, bring out the gumbo or something like that. <laughs> he you know, picked just... up a little New Orleans mm. when he was down <laughs> hanging out. Uh, let's let's see. I I, I will say this. I, I I don't know why, but for some reason when 
uh, when Adama's uh, trying to rest and that kid comes to to visit him. For, yes, yes, and for for some reason, I in the in that the, and the dog thing is there, and they use the word <laughs> they use the word daggett, and for some reason I don't know why maybe I was in a oh, no. bad mood. I thought I never want to hear the word daggett again. <laughs> I know I'm going to, but I don't know why I said that. I said where'd that come from? Well, what? they didn't even say Daggett Dagnabbit. Kind of like yeah. really mixing it, you know, for your uh-huh. little feelings there. And yeah, now, and the thing is, Adama wants to hear a story from Boxy, and Boxy yeah. gets to tell his little story there, you know, which is, you know, a little, little change of pace. I mean, yeah, who would ever thought that the Ben Cartwright would be up with the flu here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not on the Ponderosa, but it's on the ship. Yeah, and when you see him in bed, my first thought was, oh my gosh, did I miss something? What's a, Why is Adama in bed? Oh, he's just. Oh, maybe, maybe he's finally having that crap instead of trap like, right there. We always mention that. And, well, here's another relief. Lorette Spang mm-hmm. back after we see her in all these cats yes. and not appearing. She mm-hmm. finally comes back and gets to uh, have that feeling of, oh, I wonder, I wonder what's going on with uh, Starbuck on that mm-hmm. one. So of course, you know, we got that uh, little thing going for us, which is nice and yeah. kind of a little like, you know, torn between uh, two bigs. Uh, but then again. As we know, uh, Starbuck does have a black book of some kind. And, uh, yes, he does. And he certainly do. But, you know, of course, the, the, that showed the feelings of this one. Actually, both of them are, actually. Miri mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Lorette Spang and um, mm-hmm. Cassiopeia, as we mm-hmm. know her as character-wise. But um, in the end, it's it's quite uh, intriguing. You know, just to see, like, once again, you can never take the renegade out of Starbuck, you know, no yes. matter what. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing is the, the, the natives call the Cylons tin cans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they have what did what did you what did you think of the 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 rhyme that that, that they oh. had? Were you charmed yeah. by it or did it drive you up the wall? It's, it's it your choice. Drive me up the wall. It's it's uh, it's somewhere in the middle with that one. But okay. I can I can also say it's not over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house. We go. <laughs> no, no, it's not a classic. And it is no. It's it didn't turn into a limerick. It didn't mm. turn into a haiku. No. You know, but it had to be its own special being in this kind of thing. And I said, I, I didn't think it was, it, it could have been worse, you know. I it mean, it, we, mm-hmm. we had the mushy time bedtime story, you know, and then, mm-hmm. uh, and basically, uh, what was it? Yeah, you had Bruce Glover yelling almost half the time, uh, yes, my children. Yes, my children. It could almost be the drinking game for this episode, you know. It's, <laughs> and, of course, they had a cameo of Gilligan Lightning, you know, it's like, <laughs> yes, you may be doomed, sir. You know, you see the flash of lightning and then you have the stock footage of from gilligan's island there you know the gilligan <laughs> lightning yes. coming up there and um it's like the cylon evil the cylon leaders are evil in town you know the world doesn't know the different meaning between death and capture mm-hmm. confusion you know <laughs> and this time finkelgarb is said twice by lucifer in this one mm-hmm. he yeah he's he gets pretty uh he's pretty jealous There's a, i certainly do we ask us where in the space world is lowell and hardy so it's, <laughs> yes. And somehow there's a motorboat in the swamp. I like to know how the yes. hell did they get a motorboat. One's got it's like it's almost like the I could think of Sean Connery and the Untouchables, you know, with the knife and gun uh, philosophy. Yeah. It's like you bring a raft, they bring a motorboat. You know, <laughs> that's, they, that's the colonial soldier way, and that's how you'll get the other guy. You, know? you, you if you're, you're, <laughs> maybe there's a castle uh, room in the castle somewhere where they just got a bunch of really handy Cylons making boats, mm. just putting putting boats together. Where's well put- done, my children. He's he's yelling that. He, I think is that the way he wants his steak cooked. Really? It's a- <laughs> the um, I I, I I feel kind of bad because at the end, like the Cylons leave, and so you basically like the only people there are this guy 
who loves fighting and has now trained his four, five, eight, how many kids were there? I lost track. All his kids to love uh, fighting as much as he do. He does. I think it's umpteen is more like it. Yeah, you know, yeah that's a good number. It's yeah. indeterminate. We don't know which one's a kid and which one's not, you know, in that case. Also, yeah. too, and the, our, kids, our main kid's name is Kyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kyle's outfit, eventually, since it's being a Universal production, uh, it went to Brian Blessed later for Flash Gordon. Oh, did it? <laughs> it, sure, it sure looks it, like it. it. I've got yeah, it here. It's, it, I, I think I that's, recognize you know, the hat. That from the, uh, the Universal props. It's like, oh, I'll take that one. <laughs> Gordon is alive. We'll let it out. Just let it out. Yes. Right in it. It's like every big place, you always know that they're going to say, there's a secret passage. It's like, oh, yes. idea. You know, yes. this time it was the Petro dump, and all I could think of is Into the Garbage Shoot from another little movie called Star Wars there. So it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that little, like, uh, thing there. And, and, you know, it's just one of those, it was one of those episodes that I didn't find it to be terrible, or like mm-hmm. the other Western that just seemed to be, it's not, not exactly a world that they're going to visit again. That's yeah, that's, that's, because that's, that's, um, when, when I got to the end, I, I didn't really feel like, even though the kids are running around and doing all the stuff, I never really got a feeling that I sort of connected in any way with the kids. They're just kind of there doing their thing. And then when they leave, it's like, oh, there they go. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe if the show went on for three or four years, they may have returned or something like that. And that would have been interesting maybe to see them grown up. Yeah, pro- probably a desperation, like, uh, you know, the thinking back episode, you know, like one of those... Yeah. Uh, Oh, I remember this time when we had this thing. You know, it's one of those episodes where they, they just think back. Clip, it's a clip show, basically. It's a clip show, yep, yep. And I'll and, have the, the uh, lighting effect of Mork and Mindy, you know, when he's uh, going to Orson. So. Oh, yes, exactly, yeah. That's, um, one of these sci-fi things would have used a laser thing at that time. And then, of course, we we all find out now Baltar is in a lower chair than ever expected. Yes! He's actually able to get to it, you know. And it's... Yeah. Uh, he will forever be fighting the the uh, battle between man and machine. That's. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering why the uh, why the sudden lowering of the chair was it maybe like the early directors were like, could we not put him on a chair that's thirty feet off the ground? Do you know how difficult it is. To well, shoot? I guess because we're not dealing with Imperius leader, you know, and it's mystery. It's like, True. well, there's no mystery, just a light there, and you know, his mm-hmm. outfit now has this like patch on the, on the top. Funny enough, I mean, I think when you when you go to like one area, it looks white, and then the other one, when you it's like shiny. So it's mm. kind of almost like a, like his rank or like a warrior outfit oh, okay. that's gonna mm-hmm. like on top there. But uh, the other thing too is uh, there's uh, such a thing as uh, human abodes is another thing. Like a lot a lot mm. of uh, phraseology is in there. The despicable renegades, yes. another thing that they mentioned yes. there. And um, and of course, look like children, battle like warriors. That's what they've mm. got. Hey, that's and the, the the beginning scene there where the, the uh, Cylons get like blasted off there. I think was pretty like pretty solid scene. Yeah. You know, to lead us into how does uh, uh, Starbuck escape from the Cylons there? And so I think mm. that was pretty like because mm. we we don't know from all this like firing. It's like did they fire at each other or did the mirror yeah. do its work? Finally, mm. when somebody fired off there, it's hitting off of there. You know, just that mm. little light breaking uh, routine, and then. Of course, like every seventies every seventy show, it ends with a Starbuck freeze frame. Starbuck yeah. goes in freeze frame at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. And then to leave it off, it's the ragtag fugitive fleet yes. on the way again. Yes, it, it is funny. No matter no matter the quality of the episode, whenever that bit starts up, I always feel a bit of dun dun dun, like I want to stand on a, a desk and cheer or something. No matter no matter the quality of the episode, I always like that. It always kind of. It, it, it's like, okay, well, this episode may not have been the best, but remember, we're still fantastic. 
And we still have to go to that place called Earth. Earth. Oh, here's here's a I've got a, I've got a plane here, and I've got a scene where um Baltar goes up the three steps and sits in his big chair. He's a, he, a, not 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 as high up obviously as he was. Not I, he he well he's sitting in the chair, the way he he sat sat in it when it was way way up high. This must be like they must be traveling. Or something. We can't pack the big chair. We don't have the room. But this we is can our do travel this. chair. Yes. This is the travel travel chair and pedestal. High level. Yes. Yes. I do like to be a little higher than the guys. Okay. <laughs> or you know, he just finally found out that he, he really can't climb rope anymore. So then you know, this Ooh. is the, I guess the realization of age for with our man named Baltar here. Sweet Baltar. Mm. Uh, let's see. So so right now, yeah, Audrey Landers is on, and she. Um, I was trying to think. She's in a very fun. BJ and the Bear episode <laughs> that would air later in that would air about a year from this point because this is we're around November seventy eight and I think it's around uh, November seventy nine. She's an episode. She plays um uh uh is it Captain Kane or Sheriff Kane? Um, one of the um one of the uh, Lobo replacements uh-huh, in yeah. season two. And he oh he's he's is it Ed Lauder I think is oh, the oh Ed Lauder is the, yes yeah and of, he, of the uh, Longest Yard and uh, Last yes, American Hero yeah. fame yes yeah and he is he plays um he's he's in like four or five episodes he's in the wonderful Christmas episode and and oh, Audrey yes. Landers plays his daughter who Ooh, um, interesting who, it's 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 all related in that case Wonderful. yes and and so and she kind of falls for you know mr bj mckay as the ladies are wont to do on that yeah. show and then um, there's his best friend there of course y- yes exactly and but she may be married to uh may be engaged to someone else aha yes and, and also i could say audrey or judy landers let's face it you put them in anything stock has gone up yeah ex- precisely Precisely, and if I remember correctly, that episode of BJ and the Bear ends with a uh, a brawl at a wedding that goes on <laughs> for about like ten minutes. Mm. That that it, it's almost like they they got to the end of it. And they're like, okay, now we're gonna have a fight scene at the wedding be, <laughs> because it's just gonna break into a brawl. But it just goes. On. It's a lot of fun, but it just like goes on and on and on. You're yeah, like, they, wow. they they couldn't go Moldavian. That the, the yeah, dynasty yeah. would go later on. You know, yeah, or, no, yeah. for that matter, it would go. <laughs> They were going to do that. Where they would, they would try something like the Dukes or something like that. Yes, you know, exactly. They, they want to go one better. There are more pies in the BJ <laughs> and the Bear scene than there are the Dynasty. And a fair uh, more Hal Needham probably at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I guess what I'm saying is that I, I like Audrey Landers. She was great in Dallas, too. When of she course, played and Afton, I, yeah. even put her, put them on game shows, and they, I'll tell oh, you, very yeah. very smart. Yeah, I'll yes. tell you, like Audrey Landis, uh, they just reran a couple episodes of her recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was either at the start of her Dallas run or somewhere around that. She was playing with Jack Jones at the time. Oh, it was Password okay. Plus, mm-hmm. and I have to say, she was like nailing a lot of good words on there. And I have to say, yeah. you know, it was um, quite impressive. You know, not to say that I'd ever expect any less from Audrey Landis, but I said to yes. me, I was going like, okay, game player and. You know, really, really up to her chops there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. She, her, her, and her, uh, her sister. I don't know if have you ever seen Deadly Trigger? Uh not yet, not yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, her and her sister were in a, a German shot on video action film ooh, ooh. in 1988 called Deadly Trigger. Um, Audrey's in it more than Judy is. Mm. Um, but it, it's kind of one of those slightly weird movies where they're in it quite a bit, but you can also tell from how much some of the secondary German actors are in it that they only had the Lander sisters for a few days. <laughs> so, 
so it's like it's like Judy isn't isn't in as much as Audrey, and when you get to the climax, which is a big car chase, both of them vanish for about fifteen minutes for the car <laughs> chase, and then they come back in the end, and it's 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 an odd. You don't see a lot of uh, German shot on video action movies mm. with you know the Lander sisters in them. No. This is the one. This is the one to see. Deadly Trigger. It's got another title like something sisters or something i think but deadly triggers is the one to I, go for. i would have thought that they would have called it disappearing accents they vanish after 50 oh, yeah 50 it's 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 strange because um judy's character is just she just keeps having like awful things happen to her so she's almost like wily e. coyote in it because she keeps <laughs> like she keeps I, I she gets like pushed downstairs she gets like hit by a car i forget exactly what oh, happens geez. to her but that's what happens to her character she keeps getting hurt and then she had pimples because they would end up being acne acne in that oh <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have to watch again to check that. I don't think so, but maybe. Uh, but uh, what, what else do you have on this? Um, uh, that's, that's pretty. That's pretty much it. You know, like yeah. uh, and, and like I said, you know, the uh, of course they, you know, they they choose a different. They choose a place that's basically their own undoing. You know, mm-hmm. so it's a nice job uh, trying to storm the castle. They already did themselves <laughs> in by the swamp. You know. Yes. Uh, so. I think I think yeah. For, for me overall, it's not not a favorite episode of mine, but um, I think I think the first ten fifteen minutes are are quite fun, and having Ms. Landers there is always a good time. So and, and it blew so. it up with a great big whoop. Yes, and then we all went back to Galactica except for the kids. They stayed with Mister Wint mm. down on the planet. Yes. All right, so um, Chris, if you don't have anything else um, uh, uh, for this one, where can, we, where can we find you online? Well, you can find me on Facebook.com slash Captain Bly. I'm also Captain Bly 76 on Instagram. And as an added bonus, we have a new thing this year of uh, my project, First View, which is uh, seeing a movie a day uh, for the mm-hmm. first time, a movie a day. Uh, well, we've expanded a little bit because we've gone on not only Facebook onto my profile, but also onto Instagram stories if you go on to nice. Captain Bly 76 and same Captain Bly 76 on Letterboxd so if you go on to the list of First View 2022 you're going to be seeing some uh, new uh, selections we had a great first year uh, for 2021 and uh, that's just the beginning because we got 2022 going on there and uh, very soon uh, probably from the, the listening to this recording shortly we will be doing the 31 days of no Oscar for this year which co- <laughs> coincides with TCM's 31 days of Oscar yes we cover 31 days 31 movies of a movie that uh, was not up for an Academy Award and we're featuring two directors that never won and or have never been up we're featuring Mr. Ted Kotcheff through part of it and uh, Mr. Robert Altman uh, some certain selections uh, that we'll be covering on that and many many others uh, it'll be a fun project it's a fun part of the year uh, of finding some of these sometimes you might find a gem sometimes you might find a, a, a zonk but there you go <laughs> I got zonked uh. <laughs> alright well thank you that sounds fantastic and uh, let us leave the young lords or the young whoever they are the young warriors and we'll go on to this. Shanghai, episode two of Tales of the Gold Monkey, aired September 29th, 1982, written by Donald P. Belisario, directed by Alan J. Levy. In this one, Corky is 
uh, basically Shanghai basically abducted by the um, uh, one-armed sort of uh, captain of a slave ship and, and he is he is uh, kidnapped and taken this uh, ship in order to fix it because it ain't working and uh, Jake and Jack and Sarah have to find out where the heck he is and it involves a lot of looking Kristen is back we're on the other side of this blast of music chatting Shanghai. Shanghai. All right, folks, this is the first regular uh, episode, regular hour long episode of Tales of the Gold Monkey. And uh, here to monkey around is Kristen Hawes. How you doing, Kristen? What's happening? Oh, I'm I'm fine. I'm like totally looking forward to slipping a man a Mickey Finn for my <laughs> own devices. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm ready to. I'm actually, I will be uh, carving my name in my desk uh, with a hook. At some point during it, live on podcast, <laughs> something look forward to. I think let's 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 dive right into this. I want to know what you thought of this. The first so after we get we had the big two hour intro to the world of of the gold monkey and everything. This is the first sort of regular episode. What do you think? Um, I think I need to find a way to monetize my ability to identify Guy Stockwell in anything <laughs> because. <laughs> <laughs> he, I, I, when I first watched this episode, because they show like little previews of what the episode is going to be about before the credits roll, and I happen just to glance up and catch a, a glimpse of Guy Stockwell, and I'm like, wow, Guy Stockwell's in this, and I was correct. And he's not easy to identify because he is looking very much like a a pirate with his beard and his Captain Ahab get up in his face. yes, yes, um, looking a little like Art Carney the- at, at one point too. Yeah. Okay, now I won't be able to unsee that. Um, um, overall, though, I, I I do like the episode. It's it's kind of weird because it's got uh, Guy Stockwell's kind of campy at the beginning and through a big part of it as as Ahab, um, and then you take that hard left into the slavery part, and you're like, mm. wow, I was not prepared. Yes, for yeah. this part, and I think that's one thing about the series is that I'm never prepared for how dark it's willing to go. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, yay, action adventure, and suddenly this is really, really serious. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, overall, I, I I like the episode. I like seeing my favorites in peril, and Corky's my favorite. So, sure, yeah, yeah. So there you go. What do you think of it? You know, I, I I enjoyed it. I I I didn't love it though. The, the the problem I had with it was just I thought there was a bit of strange sort of pacing to it, because it really is just like Corky gets captured, he gets taken to the boat, he starts to work on the stuff on the boat, and then Jake and Jack and Sarah go through like four hundred different scenes to get to the boat and there's all these different things well we have to get clearance to from japan to go through there so we have to see the princess oh and now we have to go see the mud people and it's not presented like a um i mean the princess scene is fun with the with the german guy under the water and everything um and sarah's response to the princess when she stands up nude uh the princess not sarah is is fun too but it's it's almost like it's i i i was as we were approaching the ending i thought it was gonna i was i was prepared for a big like like the 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 pilot movie like a big slam bang kind of crazy action scene it really isn't it's kind of the plane flies overhead a few times there's some punches and then it's over and so it's like um uh i i enjoyed it but i thought i would have i would have preferred if if it was a little bit more fun along the way 
However, when I got to the end, I, I, I got the episode ended, I thought, oh, that was pretty good. It was only when I watched it again that I thought, oh, yeah, it takes them forever to get to the boat and get to that. And that's just that's just a bit of a pacing thing. The episode overall, I think, is, is entertaining. Everyone gets something fun to do and, and quirky in the hold with um, Ken Foree. For, I've never said, is, is this a Foree? I, for, I I say Ken Furry, but I don't know okay. if that's right. With him and 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 uh, Art Carney are and the Mud People are um are it's 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 actually yeah it's actually rather harrowing down there. It's it's kind of nice to see Corky um, you know, yelling back at the at the slavers. And um, I was kind of saddened that the Mud Gal he befriends isn't a continuing character in the show. Well, she probably went back to her Mud People. And... Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would have worked. There's not enough beer, I think, for probably, Corky. Pro- with probably the, with Yeah, the yeah. Um, but but overall, um, overall, I think it's a, it's a it's a good episode. I I didn't love it, but I um, I enjoy, there's there's enough going on here to make it enjoyable. And of course, you know, a guy with the hook hand carves his name in the table. Hey, how can you not who love d- that? Yeah, so, who doesn't love that? Exactly. So, uh, let, 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 what 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 else on this one? I'm looking here. Oh, you get Sarah singing "The Lady Is a Tramp." Mm-hmm. Uh, although I believe she's referring to herself in the song, which is not which is not normally the way it's done. That's scandalous. <laughs> she, she's like, I like to do do ba 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 ba. I'm forgetting all the words. That's why the lady. I thought she was going to say that. That's why I am a tramp, but she doesn't. <laughs> she says that's why the lady is a tramp. But it's like I like to do do uh, do 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 do. I like to, and I thought that's uh, you 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 can just because you're a lady singing it. That doesn't mean you can't be singing about another lady who's a tramp. You don't have to become the tramp. Yeah, but that sounds really petty if it's a lady singing about another lady being a tramp. Oh, that's true, yeah. I guess... Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, it's... Well, and um, and it is funny, whenever Sarah does a number, um, they give the they give the extras in the scene far too much to do. The extras need to sit and watch her perform. Because the extras, like each of you know, one of them, two of them are playing cards, two of them are having an argument, two of them are doing this, two of them are doing that. Someone pay attention to the lady singing the song at you. Why not? I think that's the point that nobody is really paying attention. Yeah, I think she, 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 she sort of at the end when she goes back to Corky and she kind of puts her hand on his shoulder. I think it's like, and there's a feeling like, um, yeah, we're the only ones <laughs> paying attention to this. And um, I, I, I get the feel maybe like it isn't really. Um, it isn't really like uh, you know tonight a show by Sarah. I forget the rest of her name. Uh, it's more more or less just like they walk by the piano and Corky says, "Do you want to do a song?" Sure. And they do a song and everyone's like, "What is going on? <laughs> Who's this? Are we Trying supposed to, to drink? Pay, are, we, are we supposed to be paying attention to her? I don't know. I didn't I didn't see anything about her when I walked in here. But uh, what else? Oh, let me look at my notes. Lady's a tramp. Sure, sure. She, I guess she is. I like that you lead with that. The lady is a tramp. Um, I do like the the way that the show opened the episode opens with the fever dream that Jake is yes, having because you don't scene. realize it at the very beginning that it's a fever dream. You might think it could be current or it could be a flashback because you go they're in a fighter plane and mm. Jake's flying and Corky and Jack and um, Jack are in the back and you because it, it, it does it looks pretty serious other yes. than the fact that Jake's really sweaty and but as it, the dream goes there's like an accumulation of beer bottles in the back yes. of course he just keeps drinking <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> to the point where he's like where they get hit 
by gunfire in the inn. Jake's like, we have to bail out. And Corky is, like, buried yes. in beer bottles. <laughs> he decides to go buried in beer bottles. <laughs> yes. And I love that because it starts off, like, you could totally take it as being real, and mm. it just gets progressively weirder. Yes. Very subtly. And I just, I I don't know why, but I like that as a fever dream because that's kind of how it would go. Yes, yeah. And, like, and, it, it seems real until it's not. Yes, exactly, yeah. Because when I first saw that, yeah, and you see all the beer bottles out there with him, I thought, okay, we get it. He likes booze. I understand. (laughs) But then you suddenly realize at some point, it's like, oh, wait a minute, there's something else going on here. And then then when Jacob wakes up, very sweaty. And I thought, it's funny, This is a, there, there's a lot of sweat in this episode. And all, all I thought is, you know what, I love uh, I love watching stuff in HD, but I don't know if I'd be able to handle this if they put it on Blu-ray. That might be <laughs> too much sweat. It's a very moist episode. It's, it really is. It truly is. It truly is. By the end, ev- everyone's moist. Uh, yes. even, the, even the mud there's people. There's so much dampness. <laughs> even the mud people. Even the mud people. <laughs> And then, and there too, too. There's that. There's the thing to to add on to that thing that I, I felt like it took forever to get them to the boat. Is that scene where they find out that um, uh, Ahab there has ripped out the the wiring in the plane. Yeah. And so they have a scene where they have to fix the plane, and um, and watching a guy fix a plane is never the height of adventure, unless the plane is falling from the sky. If it, if it's just sitting on the harbor. Eh. I, we're just basically watching two actors sweat and a dog with an eye patch. <laughs> and the dog is being incredibly helpful. He is. He knows. He knows all the stuff. I do like he knows that. The stuff. That Sarah. She. She's doing her best. She. You know. It's the. Uh, you know. Um. I, I forget what he asked for. Some. Some variation of wrench or something. And. And she doesn't know. She doesn't. No. know. Uh, let's see. Um. Oh. 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 Mr. McDowell. Oh yes. This Would is you like Roddy to, McDowell's please? first yes. episode. Yeah. And he he is um, I forgot the name. He's the French guy. Uh, Bon Louis Chance. Yes, Louis. Yes, yes. And he's. It's funny. It it, it occurred to me that um, uh, we're we're pretty Roddy McDowell heavy on this podcast because last year we covered um, Planet of the Apes, but in Planet of the Apes he's never um out of the ape suit, so it's a little tougher to um gauge him. But here it's fully it's fully him, and he's he's giving out medicine, and he's being a Oh, he's, you know, carousing with the ladies, as it were. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he th- uh, I, I think, because um, he, was, he was Ron Moody in the, the pilot, and he didn't actually have, like, a whole lot to do. They gave mm-hmm. him a lot more to do and gave him a lot more personality mm-hmm. in just in this episode to begin mm-hmm. with. And I'm like, well, did they do that on purpose, or did Roddy McDowell just bring that personality with him and said, this is who this character is going to yes. be, right for this? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, and it works. He's uh, he's 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 as much as I like Ron Moody. I think it's it's uh, it works better for a series to have a character. Yeah. And and like I said, he seems to be sort of a jack of all trades who has done everything, been everywhere, and knows you know when that like like Jake comes down with malaria and he knows exactly what to give him and uh, what to do. And uh, so so it's nice to have someone super handy around. And if it's Roddy McDowell, so much the better. Yes. With his French accent. Yes. Oh, with the French accent. <laughs> um, uh, I one of one of my favorite moments in the episode is forgive me if I'm wrong. Isn't isn't Ahab's real name Sean? It is. Okay, that's that, that's the which moment. is 
<laughs> Which is kind of a bring down when you get that reveal. His name is Sean. Well, I can see why he went by Ahab. I'm not going to be frightened of a pirate named Sean. Yeah, I'm just w- not. It would be like if there was a uh, a biker named uh, Killer and his real name was Melvin. You know, it would be like you go, oh, that's too bad. And it's it's like I forget who says his name. Is is it, is it the princess who says it's he's Princess Sean? Koji? Yes, who says, oh yes, that's oh you're talking about Sean. And yeah. I and I thought, no, we're talking about Ahab, Sean. Who is Sean? Is that S H A W N or S E A N? You tell me. Or S H A U N. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel what it's the third on? one. Probably. What's the spelling on that? Hmm, yes, Sean. <laughs> ah- is his middle name Ahab, or is he just? Yeah, that's. Well, sh- Princess Koji just say that he couldn't be Cat- Captain Ahab because they they had him killed like six months prior for thievery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The uh, that's that's. I'm I'm wondering if that sort of that that stuff with with her and Sean. If if that now I haven't seen the show all the way through, and and you don't have to answer this. If that goes anywhere, if there's anything like. Does she have a bunch of relatives around the world, or? Do you want um, me to answer that? Um, you answer it, and I'll cut it out if I think it's too uh, it's too giveaway. Does she have a bunch of relatives, and in some cases half siblings? Yes. Because uh, after all that's happened with the white slavers and the mud people and the flying all over the place and the craziness, and there's a one-eyed dog. He sh- he shoots um at the end at the I mean at the end they obviously win and um and, and Jake shoots uh, Sean <laughs> oh Sean I'm so sorry oh that's okay tell tell Buffy I'll miss her um and and, and Sean dies and the princess walks in and he says something like tell me who was that who who that was I just shot and the princess looks at him and says that was my half brother and I expected Jake to say bullshit tell me who that was I just shot. <laughs> And, and she does, and I was like, I almost wanted to. The first time I heard it, I thought, does this DVD have subtitles? Did she just? Did she just? And the, the the answer is no, it does not. But um, but uh, but that is, but that that's a weird moment. Not only yeah. is he Sean, but he's the princess's half. I'd love to see that family trip. I'd love to yeah. go to the family summer their big chili cookout that they have every year <laughs> down at the pavilion. Well, I just like how she says it, and it's, like, so serious. It was my half-brother. And you know the immediate reaction was, like, really? <laughs> because I don't see the resemblance. So yeah, that apparently would be like... he gets that from his mother's side that, or his yeah. father's side. I don't know how the half-sibling thing works. Yeah, I was but... going to – yeah, I was – because I'm, tr- I'm trying to think, like – because I, I, I still occasionally do still think of him as Art Carney. And I'm thinking it would have been something like if, like, if, like, Princess Koji was played by, uh, like, Ava Gardner or someone like that, you know? And he's just like, you're, you're what? Get, get out of here. Just get off the boat. I've, I've heard enough. <laughs> we, we got Corky back. We saved the, the slaves. We're taking the mud people home. Get out of want to hear it. Yeah. He's my half-brother. He's my half-sister. This is a twist too far. Yes. Yes. That, that's actually kind of what it felt like. Like, maybe Donald Belisario, he got to the end and he was like, let's throw in one more. <laughs> He's like, and because he created the show, he's the producer. No one could really say, Donald, no, no. <laughs> they you were don't... like, sure, everyone will believe that Margaret yes. Dubois and Guy Stockwell are half siblings. No, no exactly. one will question this. <laughs> no, no, no one. one will, no one will want to see 
pictures of whichever relative it is that you know which uh, is the same mom the same dad i want to see i want to see the one that is the combination of the two i want <laughs> i want the advanced fbi technology where you can combine the faces and you get one face <laughs> I, I'm sure that's actually probably something you can just download online right now. Uh, it's probably but, like a filter on TikTok yes, at this point. You you match to yeah. I would love to see. I would love to see. And I would love to see if the face it shows had a big beard and mustache. <laughs> no, that's mom. That's mom. Yeah, that is mom. Mom is known for her beautiful facial hair. <laughs> it was lovely. So so luxurious. <laughs> oh, you got the hook from your mother. Yeah, yeah. Mom had a hook. <laughs> Born with the hook. Um, uh, let's see what what else on this one. Um, um, can we talk about because Corky is known for not being the the brightest crayon in the box mm-hmm. uh, due to his excessive drinking. Yes. But he was actually kind of clever and quite brave while he was down in the hold because he first uh, basically uh, conned them into making sure that. The slaves had some water because he. I mean, you want to talk about how dark this is? The guy's like, "Yeah, we keep them half dehydrated because they're easier to deal with." Yes. And you're yeah. like, "Oh wow, torture!" Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but then Corky is like, "Well, you have to give them some water because you're not going to be able to spare me the crew that I need to lift this whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know how boats work, and <laughs> that he needs to fix." And um, so he was able to get them refreshments so they could mm-hmm. work but also be strong enough to later you know help stage the revolt yes mm-hmm. and then he yeah and he's down there standing up to Ken Forey and being Who like don't she? you do that again yeah. yeah it's I mean yeah if you yeah if it, it, that, that actually could have been some part probably my favorite stuff in the in the in the episode is when he's he's got the the mud gal the mud mama, I call her, and um, he got the mud gal there, and he's he's trying to protect the other ones, and he's standing up to. And Ken Ken Forey's thing is he he picks you up and crushes you. That's like a Tor Johnson sort of thing, you know. That's what he does. He picks you up and crushes you, and um, and he does he does a really nice job of standing up to them because um, he 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 he's very brave, but he he never quite. But but whenever he does stand up to them, it's never something where they're where um uh you know um Ahab and and Ken Forey look at each other like uh no, you know it's it's all it's always like he uh, you know um Ahab's like or Sean sorry, uh, <laughs> is like um is like well yeah he's right okay let him have this okay let and it's just like it's nice to it's it's a, it's a really nice scene for someone who spends many episodes not remembering what's going on and having to be told to put his fifth beer of the morning down it's nice it's nice to see a scene where he stands up to these and i mean he he's i mean and, and you know if someone doesn't come to get him he he's i mean unless they want to keep him as a mechanic he's he's either going to be as enslaved as the slaves are or dead yeah so 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 it's not like he's it when he's sticking up for everyone it's not like he's expecting that they're all suddenly going to dash out of that little hold that they're in and save the day or something no they'll they'll be dead too yeah. and so 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 it is nice to see just the bravery and just you you know and i'd like when he finds out i like to there's sort of when he finds out they're slavers like he his he 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 doesn't like he doesn't like give him a thumbs down or something but you can just see like the contempt like in his face not it's not it's not a huge moment but it's like you're slavers 
And he's like, oh, you are the freaking grossest. <laughs> you are gross yeah. town Well, because he's... He says he's not going to help at first when he finds out that they're slavers. Or I can't mm-hmm. remember what the heck that guy Stockwell says that they are like something about they're traitors in human cargo or something like yes. that. Mm-hmm. I mean, totally euphemistic. Um, but yeah, Corky says, I'm not going to help you because of who you are. And he's like, well, we'll just kill this mud girl if you don't. And yeah. that's what convinces Corky to do it. But he, at the very beginning, stands up when, even when he doesn't realize mm-hmm. what's at stake. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he. Stand, he stands up because it's the right thing to do. Yes, yeah, and he saves the day, he saves the day for them, and, which is cool. Which is cool, and and which and I do wonder too if um because he points out that he's not a boat mechanic. I'm sure there's a better name for it than that. They can't be called boat mechanics. He's an airplane mechanic. There must be a better name for that too, right? Is there? I mean, Apparently is there? Or not. It's just me- mechanic, just the mechanic, nautical mechanic. Um, uh, but. Uh, so, so um, I, I I like to think that 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 part of what he's doing too with all the mud people and and whatever it is they're doing with the, some sort of impeller shaft or, or something like that he doesn't know what he's doing but but he's sort of conning them as long as he can you know to 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 waiting hoping someone will help yeah well he has faith that Jake will come and, yes. and get him Once, and yeah. we know Jake will because his, his that whole point of his fever dream is that his biggest nightmare is losing Corky yes and I think that's the sweetest that is very sweet yeah yeah they're very it's 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 a great it's it's funny I'll um I I won't do I I won't talk more about Corky's character here but I think I think in a like in the next episode or in the, in the one coming up here there's very much like it's it's sort of like I finally got Corky's character Sort of where where he was coming from, um, and uh, um, because so, some of the stuff like I mentioned previously when we talked about the pilot, some of the stuff with you know oh he's he's a booze hound <laughs> is is you know I can take or leave some of that, but but I think I, I grow to like Corky more, especially after this, and then I sort of I I didn't I I'm still thinking Raiders of the Lost Ark, but this isn't really Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is something else. This is a more 30s 40s adventure style thing. And and I won't go anymore just because I said I wasn't going to. So I'll ask you. I'll stop. I'll come back. To, I'll come back to that. Um, but what else? Do you have anything else on this one? Um, I do want to mention because this is like my favorite recurring thing that happens throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Toto torturing Willie in the hot tub. Because mm. when uh, Jake and Sarah arrive on the island. Willie is there doing Nazi things, but they're having this discussion where they're in their separate hot tubs and they're nude, I guess. And he has to hide. So he like ducks down. So he's like half submerged, only his nose is out. So they can't see him while they're talking to Princess Koji. And Toto takes that opportunity to heat up the yes. hot tub as hot as he can. <laughs> and oh my gosh, I giggle every time I watch that because That's he, fun. Yeah. he just takes such joy in torturing <laughs> yeah. Willie. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. That is fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am. I am surprised. Did they? Did they show? Um, did they just cut to the hot tub room? Did they show any of the exteriors? Like they, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Does it I matter? I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember. Um, but but you know what? If you hold on just for a second, I might be able to tell you. No, I can't. Darn it! <laughs> I thought. Oh oh no, they don't. No, they don't. They cut right to actually from a commercial break. Wait a second. From a commercial break, they cut right to. Uh, oh, they they cut from uh, them in the plane. To um, yeah, Willie in the hot tub. So the, oh, they don't even sort of establish. So if you've missed, if you missed the pilot, you'd have no concept 
of what is going on because there's no setup. You just see a, a nude white guy and a nude, I don't know, woman sitting in a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and, and you might be a little confused as to what's going on right there because there's no establishing for it or anything it's just kind of, that that didn't occur to me because the way the way we watch it you know obviously we're watching it in order but i wonder yeah somebody wonder, tuning in for the first time is going excuse me what is this me, who's the nazi in the hot tub and the lady who's ah princess something or other her half brother is stockwell i don't know uh i don't know but um but i i would just i just got one more thing and that's and that's and I actually looked up Donald Belisario to check to see if I could see anything about his faith. But there is that moment which actually might seem like it's a thirties and forties kind of thing too. It's it's seems slightly out of well, maybe not. Maybe I just think it seems weird. But it's the moment where um Jake passes out in the plane and Sarah looks up at heaven and says a prayer to God and suddenly everything writes itself and Jake wakes back up. And she like looks up and says like thank you or I had some help I forget what she says but it's kind of an odd <laughs> it, it was an odd moment I thought or maybe yeah. it's not I don't know maybe maybe um, maybe Sarah's faith is something that becomes a big element of the show I don't know but it just seemed like it's, yeah, it it's was se- odd I thought too but okay. I mean if yeah we don't know the characters completely yet so maybe this this is part of her character but I almost thought if you did a scene like that you do it a little more jokey. Sort of like, hey God, you know, I know, you know, we're not always on the best terms, but could you help us out here? Uh, you know, whatever, you know, that kind of thing, and just like, thanks God. But this is very serious. This is like, this is like George Bailey on the bridge. <laughs> serious. Yeah, she's, she's very sincere. She's very sincere. Yes, yes, she is. Yes, she is. and it's it's an, it's an interesting scene because yeah, then he wakes up, and then soon after that we go to the hot tubs, <laughs> and so it's like, does God know this is going on? <laughs> God wanted them to see God Princess wa- Koji in the hot tub. <laughs> yes, yes. And, I, and my, my super last thing is, like like I did mention, this the bit where uh, the princess stands up and she's nude right after that, where Sarah's yelling at Jake. Well, you didn't even try to look away. Well, I was being polite. I was in shock. I was, and whatever. And, and it was is very nice. Yes, it's, it's I do appreciate funny. that Sarah found time to be jealous while Corky was in danger. I do appreciate <laughs> yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, okay. So uh, anything else? I have one little bit of trivia. Like I said, Excellent. all of my trivia for this show is just going to be related to Magnum P.I. <laughs> um, Guy Stockwell was actually in an episode of Magnum P.I. Mm. I can't remember the name of it is. Um, but it was the same episode that uh, John Fujioka, who plays Toto, was in. So they were in the same episode. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I, I did see, um, before I asked where I could find you online, I did see um, that Magnum P.I., if it's not out yet, it's coming out in Blu-ray. Yes, I saw that. I thought that that's got to be fun. I bet I bet that's going to look nice. Um, cause oh, the, yeah. like, like like I mean Rockford, the Rockford set, and Rockford was made several years before. Well, it ended at the same time Magnum began, but Rockford looks gorgeous on Blu-ray. It it looks it looks you can see the pink in James Garner's cheeks every episode. It's fantastic, <laughs> or the makeup. Um, but uh, but that looks fantastic. So I thought Magnum, I I I'd be interested in seeing. Oh, the Hawaii, the '80s Hawaii is gonna look beautiful. Oh wow, yeah. I'm 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 tempted to get. I've never I've never really watched much Magnum, but I've been told time and time again that it's one to watch. Oh yeah, it is. And so I might. I don't think it's that expensive, so I might uh, I might treat myself. I got a birthday coming up in a few months. There you go. I I guess technically most of us have a birthday coming up within (laughs) a few months. 
Uh, some a few months more than some has just passed a few <laughs> months ago, but you know, but um, so that might be a treat. But so that was Shanghai episode two of Tales of the Gold Monkey, the first regular hour-long episode. Kristen, pardon me, I just held back a burp. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> my apologies, um, uh, Kristen. Where can we find you online? Or anywhere, you, or anywhere. Anywhere. You can find me online at akakikiwrites.com. That is the home of my podcast, Bookum Dano, an old Hawaii Five-O podcast. Do check that out. And uh, you could also find me on Twitter. If you need my Guy Stockwell sightings in real time, you should follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Kiki Writes. Excellent. Thank you so much, as always. And next up, Black Pearl. And next up on this show... Episode 16, Demon and Lace, directed by Don Weiss, Weiss, February 7th, 1975. See, uh, story by Stephen Lord, teleplay Michael Cazole and David Chase. This one is about a, hey, a succubus, good old, good old succubus, who um, uh, keeps, uh, keeps watch over an old Mesopotamian clay tablet, and she possesses um, uh, the corpses of recently uh, deceased young women, who go off and kill young men, and um, and this is done in order to keep her immortal, keeping her watching over the clay tablet. And Kolchak investigates. Listen to this: Demon in Lace, episode sixteen of Kolchak the Night Stalker. We are in the the, the, the last quarter of the show right here, and, and let's uh, we're uh, we're, we're going to talk about it. We're going to see if the show is still going strong. See how it's doing. And I'm here with Tim S. Turner, and we are going to... Tim, by the way, before I finish that sentence, I want to know how you're doing. Uh, uh, I'm doing good. For a second, I was afraid the second clap wasn't going to happen. <laughs> oh, it always happens. It always happens. <laughs> so we're here with Tim Esther, and we are we are going to we're going to discuss this episode within an inch of its life. Tim, what did you think of Demon in Lace? Uh, I, I think uh, another example of the fact the show still got strong episodes, even though we're at about the three-quarter mark. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Demon and Lace in a, a fun guest cast, and of course the return of Keenan Wynn as uh, Captain Siska, uh, and he's got some hilarious moments in this episode. <laughs> yes, he does. He, I, I, I think um, uh, a moment that I never noticed if I could just say because we're watching the Blu-ray. The the opening moment where the uh, the woman steps out in front of the guy's car, and mm-hmm. his headlights are shining on her. When it cuts to the shot behind her, you she's like her skirt is see through. I only yeah. noticed that on the Blu-ray. I don't think I noticed that yeah. on the VHS or the DVD. So thank you, High Def, for <laughs> making me a perv. I appreciate it. Um, but uh, but but as far as the episode goes, yeah, there, there's some great. There there are at least yeah with Keenan Wynn and two other guest cast members who have great scenes. This mm-hmm. this is a fun this is a fun episode, and I think I love the um, I, I love a good succubus or incubus 
episode. Yes. I think I think in a show like this, you wouldn't have an incubus because there's something about an incubus that is um, that <laughs> I think would be too um, uh, gross or too explicit <laughs> or something. Just because the incubus and the, and the succubus do the same thing. But I think there's something about like a beautiful woman grabbing a guy and the guy going yeah and then oh and dying <laughs> that that having a a guy like grab a woman and doing that same thing would be unpl- I mean if you've seen the movie The Incubus uh, with yes. John Cassavetes and, yeah. and um, uh, that that um, or read the book which is much more graphic um, you you would um, you would see that like it's it's um. In one direction, it looks almost fun, and the other, it doesn't at all. <laughs> and so, 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 it's nice. It's nice to see the. Um, I like the fact that they brought the succubus, and I like the the tablet, um, and I like the fact that they um, have. Actually, they're actually the more I think about the guest cast, the more I'm thinking, yeah, there's a lot of great guest casts in this. Um, but but I but I like the way they do the story, and I like the way they. Um, I I, I I just think I think it's a very smartly done episode with the way they do like the the women like dying and then coming back and and just um it's it's well put together and then when you get Keenan Wynn and and Kolchak getting in their biggest argument ever like down by that lake which is so much fun yes. and, and you get you get the other reporter from like the college paper um, coming in there and um I think that there's a lot there's a lot to really enjoy in this episode and the final scene um the final attack scene with the tablet and the succubus is really I I think pretty darn good. Oh it's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. And and they got strobe lights and it's crazy and it's it's fun it's, and it's the a, wind and yes and a nice ending and and then you get the lovely moment at the very end where you don't have one of those things where like Carl's in prison or something it's like well Vincenzo's going to let me free because I smashed up this tablet you just get him in the end like <laughs> like he was he was vindicated not completely correctly but he was vindicated by the professor guy and so he's right. kind of just got this big smile on his face like who knows how many lives he saved and he's kind of a little smug about it, but but we like him for that. Well, and, and let's uh, not forget that the the professor uh, is Andrew Prine. Yes, and who's uh, he play? It's great because he's like the swinging college professor. That <laughs> yes, is, uh, very much. You know, nothing says sexy seventies like a neckerchief. Oh yes, and he's and he's got like he's a, well. It's, it's interesting because he 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 seems to love the ladies, but yes. all the his assistants are good-looking young men. So I guess yeah. it's the seventies. We're going we're going everywhere, and I guess you know yeah. it's like it was ahead of it. You know, hey, let's let's all enjoy one another. Huh? <laughs> Can we please? And and it's yeah, and it's it's great. I mean, I was I was watching him, and I got so jealous because I thought I want to do that. I want to have <laughs> desks covered with books on like Mesopotamian or, or Sumerian cuneiforms, all these other things. I want to have a big piece of stone, and I want to get a big grant from the government to just try to figure out what that stone says. You know, to be like, well, Dan, how come you haven't figured this one out? Oh, that's that says uh, shovel. That's what that is. And what about that one? That's <laughs> dirt. I think I think you can see this is all coming together. Oh wow! What? Uh, how, how do you know that? I'm the professor with the grant, and you're some guy asking me about it. 
That was the good old days when you could get a grant for anything. Really? Yeah, that that was I mean this is this is obviously I mean um this is a year or two out from but this is like uh, you know, in search of is about to yeah. premiere, and you're in the middle of all the in, in search of Noah's Ark, in search of uh, historic Jesus, in search of Dracula, the late great planet Earth, mysterious monsters, all the Bigfoot movies, and everything. This is the time when you could make a good living jerking around, and I <laughs> love it. I love it so. Much. I'm so jealous that that Andrew Pride has this job. He was Simon King of the Witches, and now he's doing yeah. this. Yeah, God. he was in Grizzly. He was a Grizzly, yes. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, I, I know uh, Amanda loves Andrew Prime. She does. She does, <laughs> yes. And it was funny. I, I'd forgotten that uh, uh, um, uh, he was in a movie um, 20 years ago called Witch House 2, which oh. is the sequel to a movie called Witch House, which I think was a full moon picture. And a friend of mine was in Witch House and Witch House 2. Really? And she, she showed me Witch House 2. And and Andrew Pride said, "I was like, you're kidding me. Is that Andrew Pride? What the hell?" And she was like, "Oh, he's great." And I thought, "Of course he's great. Why wouldn't he be great?" <laughs> he spent the '70s looking at big tablets, and like he had a tablet on he had a tablet on one easel, and the other easel he had a copy of the tablet, and he just write words. People like, oh, interesting. I mean, literally, as long as like every time someone in charge came by, and you had maybe three new words up, you were good. They're yeah, like, that's, okay. that's another fifty thousand right there. Yeah, that's you know the <laughs> our, our grant is paying off. This grant money is paying off, and, and you realize that he could create whatever narrative he wants. Oh yeah, who's going to question words? it? Who's going to question it? He's the guy in charge. He's come on. He's the <laughs> one with the grant. I'm not the one with the grant. You know, <laughs> that's uh, so. So yeah, he's great. And but let's discuss. Let's discuss the other two. Uh, well, well, Keenan Wynn, of course, we love. And we talked yes. about it previously. I was going to say the other two um, scene stealer um, um, guest people. I mean, I think you know who I'm talking about. You have a favorite. Uh, well, I'll be honest with you. They're both so great. They uh, Carolyn Jones. Yes. And, and, and why they just they didn't give her a character name? She's just registrar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she has this great scene with Carl, where. It, it it it's almost like a, a, a an Abbott and Costello routine of, of like <laughs> yeah. oh no you're not you're not going in there yeah. fill out the blue form but don't let them give you the yellow form the yellow form is not <laughs> is it you know it's not going to cut it you know and, and and she starts she's like write legibly and he starts writing and she rips it out of his hand tears legibly. it up gives him a new one I said legibly yes <laughs> that's a great scene she 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 is great I it's it's funny I um. You know, I, I, I grew up with the Munsters more than the Adams family. Sure. Just simply because where I lived, they showed the Munsters. I don't know if we were in a Munsters county or, or what it was. <laughs> but, but like, one summer when I was maybe in eighth or ninth grade, they showed the Adams family all summer. And I just watched the Adams family every single day all summer, and I just fell in love with her. Yeah. And everything, I mean, Marsha, Queen of Diamonds, absolutely wonderful on Batman. And, um... And it's it's funny she she aged kind of slightly oddly. Um, I don't mean to be rude, but <laughs> but uh, I don't actually know her age like in the mid seventies as opposed to the mid sixties when when she did that. But she like I would think when she's she in her forties, I would think. Oh, because she like she's also like uh, she's in Eaten Alive. Oh the, yeah, mm-hmm. um, the Toby Hooper movie, and she just yeah. she looks a little odd in that. And I'm, I'm not sure why. And this, she looks basically the same. She just, I think maybe it's her hair. 
I think I'm used to her having this long black hair. Morticia hair, yeah. Yes, and 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 so this ha- the haircut they give her is sort of um not a great haircut. <laughs> uh, well, then of course we've got the great Jackie Vern. Yes, thing. happy birthday! Which is, I mean, it, it, that's great. Just seeing him just pop up is it, so strange, mm-hmm. you know, as, as Coach Toomey. <laughs> 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 talking about bacteria <laughs> tuna tuna fish and it's, it's tuna. and they do that great thing where it's like and I'd always wanted this too because um there there were very few times when I ever did anything athletic in grammar school or high school where I had a coach who wasn't very overweight Oh yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, there are always these overweight middle-aged guys like oh, just keep and, running. <laughs> and I don't know why, you know. I mean, it's like even when I think about like sports movies and things, I think the slasher film Fatal Games, yeah. the coach in that might not be terribly overweight. I think he might be decent shape, but I could oh, be yeah. thinking incorrectly. Or the coach from um, uh, Graduation Day. Oh sure, oh sure, yeah, Christopher George. Christopher George, yeah, of course, he's always he's always a hunk. But that's yeah, because true. he's uh, always working out to gangster rock. That's that's to the gangster rock. <laughs> uh, oh man, I love that Seventeen minutes song. of felony or whatever the band's felony. name is. <laughs> um, it just keeps playing the same. Gangster rock, <laughs> and it's 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 only it's only like six minutes into that sequence where you're like, oh, they're just playing the song over and over again. It's on repeat. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, they're skating, they're skating. There's Lenita Quigley. There's what's his name, and it's it's oh yeah, okay, they're just playing the song over and over. Yeah, um, but but yeah, Jackie Vernon is one of those classic coaches who's like, I always tell him when you work out, you got to do this. And at the same time, his gut's like bumping into Kolchak when he moves around the room. <laughs> yeah. As I, and, and so, and Jackie Vern, of course, for, obviously I grew up with him as Frosty the Snowman. Sure. I also grew up with him as the star of Microwave Massacre. Microwave Massacre. Massacre. Yeah. And, I, and, and Microwave Massacre, I first, I, I'll just say this real quick. I uh, Grease, New York, which is outside of Rochester where I grew up. They have a huge mall called the Grease Ridge Mall, and across <laughs> the street from it, or it's they used to have. It used to be it used to be a huge parking lot, and one side of the parking lot was Long Ridge Mall, and the other side of the parking lot was Grease Town Mall, <laughs> and literally there were two malls in the same lot, and full full shopping malls, not like mini malls or anything like full go to a mall. They have everything, and so what you would do is you go in one mall at Christmas time. You'd shop. If they didn't have what you needed, you would either drive 40 seconds or walk for about five minutes and go to the other mall. I, and, I gotta say, Grease Town Mall it just sounds like something from a John Waters movie. It's a little strange. Well, it was it was it was Grease. It was it was, that was the name of the that was the name of the suburb. So yeah. so that's that's the thing. Um, but they but they I, it was either Long no it was Grease Ridge Mall. They combined mm-hmm. them eventually, and they basically put in like just like a long hallway in between the two. But it was filled with uh, stores and like a um, like a uh, Barnes and Noble. And so they connected yeah. the two. And at one point in the maybe ninety three, ninety four, I discovered I was with my friend Eric Zidell and I discovered I saw there's a blockbuster across the street. I want to go in there just sometimes the blockbusters always have di- had different stuff. And so I went in, checked the horror yeah. section, and they had Boarding House, which is the first time I rented Boarding House, which is a film oh, I, yes. I've owned on VHS, DVD, twice, 
and now the Blu-ray for Magfa, I think Bleeding Skull. Is that, the, is that like the two-and-a-half-hour uh, unedited the, the, version? The two-and-a-half-hour <laughs> version is on the second DVD I bought from Slasher Video, and it's actually, if you watch it, you can see it's it's um it's more or less like a someone was given all the footage that didn't make it into the movie and made their own edit. And that's <laughs> So it's not really... Because you can tell from the edits and things like that where you're like, no. If if you're shooting a film on video, editing it on video, and then transferring it to film, you don't make a two and a half hour version where you're doing it uh, linearly. <laughs> you don't. That just doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. So so the two and a half hour is fun, <clears throat> but but I've owned that. So and I rented Boarding House and Microwave Massacre. Those are the only two things I rented from that video store. And I, I I turned them. You know, made copies of them. Returned them the next day or two. And um, Microwave Massacre I now own on Blu-ray. I think Arrow put it out. Yes, yes, they did. And it's gorgeous. Beautiful print, and, by the way. Beautiful, uh, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, uh, and that's the thing with Jackie Vernon is whenever I see him, I think Frosty, and then I think that pervy guy who eats ladies in Microwave. Yeah, that, that is such an odd film. Oh my it, god, it, it really is weird because it's like it's a comedy, but it's it also has its moments where you're like, oh boy, and then it's also it's like it was shot like the director's home. So it's like this hilariously <laughs> tacky film too, and it's just like it's such a weird. It's and the whole time the guy who does if you close your eyes, Frosty the Snowman, is in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Happy just birthday. it. And it has one of my all time favorite moments though is that moment where you see him, like, like he's got this um his kitchen table and he's got like some sort of. It looks like a blanket or so. You can't quite tell what it is on the kitchen table. And he lays this half-naked woman down on it. And then he goes away. And then he comes back with a huge knife, knife covered with mayonnaise. And he covers her in mayonnaise and puts yeah. a huge slice of bread on top of her. And that's oh. hilarious. I love that. That's so weird. <laughs> it's so freaking weird. But... Um, uh. Uh, but it's nice to see Jackie Vernon in this. What, what else do we love about well, this episode? <laughs> well, okay, the first thing I well, right out of the gate, you know, I mean, you've got the the, the interesting opening where yes. you know, okay, a guy's driving, he's driving along, and all of a sudden, boom, this blonde woman's just standing there in front of his car. So I, I guess we're getting the impression it he wasn't meeting her. I don't think so. Yeah, because it's weird because they immediately are making out. Yes, and he's like uh, driving the into the like the middle of the park or something like that. So it's it's weird because he's yeah. supposed to be on campus, but yes. what 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 that's that's a street. Yeah, that, it's very weird. It, it's it's like it's clearly in the middle of the woods. There's a little like pond nearby or something like that. So it's it's a little like that's is that a, should he be on that? Is that a back road or or what is that? It it feels a little weird, but it's one of those things where if you if you let it ride. It, it's okay, but then when you think about it, you're like, oh, that's hmm. How does that work? <laughs> well, so, so okay, the thing is, okay, so they start making out, and she's like, he's like, oh, let's go for a walk. Mm. So then, next thing they see them, they're you know doing that horrible, uh, you know, late '60s, early '70s frolicking. Yes. As they're hand in hand, la 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 la, running <laughs> through the the grass, and then he tackles her, and they're on the ground again. And then you know when he kisses her, she starts. She turns into the succubus. Now, first of all, I gotta say the succubus makeup is great. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. We, darn we good. don't yeah. see it except for there and at the very end, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer because it's such 
really good makeup. But um, <clears throat> so we bring in Captain Siska, right? And Carl shows up there, and of course, as soon as Siska sees him, he's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. You know, Carl's here. <laughs> and unlike his last time, when he was trying to go through a feel-good seminar, yes. he's had enough. He's yep. had enough of Carl. <laughs> the very existence of Carl makes his blood boil, and he has the best line of the episode, which is, some people dream of retiring, I dream of breaking your face. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a great... <laughs> that's, a, that's a great... That's a great line. Look like, oh my god! <laughs> yes, he's like... And doesn't he say something like, how's the therapy going? Yeah. Or something like oh that, not going well. I think is is no. I, I it, it you get the impression that he's constantly popping blood pressure medication. Yes, yes, he's. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so at first, when I was a kid, I remember when I watched this, I, I was confused because it's like, wait a minute, uh, the woman's dead too, mm, and I didn't yeah. realize. Oh, it's a it you know it's a demon that inhabits uh, a, a dead body and animates mm. the corpse. find out she had died of a uh, 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 a brain aneurysm yes yeah like 45 minutes before mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and a, uh so then we see it happen again there's a uh, there's later a, yeah and the, then oh please yeah oh no well the the thing that when he occupies the the uh when the demon takes over the body of maria i believe yes um I think she does a really good job because there's a scene where she she's apparently going on a date with one of the professor's assistants. Yes. And they do a close up. First of all, they do a close up of him, of him and he's got two different colored eyes, mm. which was oh. really striking. Something I never probably wouldn't would have noticed if it wasn't for the Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, but then we he takes her to to meet the professor. And she starts doing this really creepy laughter. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, again, when I was a kid, I saw that that freaked me out. Yeah. You know, it was just like, because she wasn't speaking. She just was looking at me. Ah, 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 ah. You know, and she's like, oh, what's and she, going on? <laughs> and it's, it's funny because, yeah, later on, it's like, I'm so sorry I laughed like that at the professor. I didn't mean to. And it's like, he's like, okay, baby, come on. Come on, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like do I don't know, so. I don't know. That was pretty freaky. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get she's pretty, but I mean, yeah. come on, man, that was kind of yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do, I do like the thing with the the smell, like when yes. when the succubus is at its most excited, lets off this sort of smell of death, mm-hmm. and they're like the two great moments with Carl and the um, the guy in the stairs. Yeah. Where he says, you know, he was. In, I was in Vietnam, and I know death. Right. And, yes. And he says to Carl something like, "Have Have you been in the war?" And Carl says, "Yeah, I've been in a few." Yeah. And you're like, oh, "Okay, Carl, what did you do before you kept saving the world from monsters?" Over yeah, and over I thought again. that was kind of a nice little character moment. Yes. For him, uh, and also, you know, he says, "You know, the smell of death," and they right before they fade out for the commercial, they kind of. Like zoom in on Carl's face, and he's got this look like, yeah. Unfortunately, I know what that smells yeah, like. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it, here yeah. it comes again. And, and 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 like when the and another thing I love that it's I don't know if it's subtle or not, but when the when the landlady goes into Maria's room and she she has like she puts her puts her hand over her mouth because of the gas smell, and she turns yeah. off the gas and they open the window, and then when she goes back in with her husband, 
they they do the same thing, but it's like more pronounced, right? Almost like it suddenly got worse, and you're like, oh, okay, and then you realize that no, no, they're not smelling the gas, they're yeah. smelling the 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 demon, um, which is a a, a stinky demon, I guess. <laughs> That's kind of you know, kind of kind of um, because there's there's a fun movie with um, I think it's Lana Wood called Fury of the Succubus. Mm-hmm. From the early '80s, um, that has that, that has her her in it. And if you if you know her from um, Diamonds Are Forever, you'll know she's, oh, yeah. she's lovely. And and she's in that. And that's like I don't remember the succubus being stinky in that one. Cause I, don't, they're, they're, I don't either. Because because I I, I I like that because that's probably if you looked if you looked up the the mythology that I bet Kolchak is this is correct. So I just get the feeling. Um, well, that was uh, the thing that was kind of cool with the show is that if they picked a creature that was from mythology or, or something, they tended to be pretty accurate with it. On it, yeah, yeah. You know, like with the Rakshasa. I mean, I read, I yes. actually went online and kind of like looked up the Rakshasa, and I was like, yeah, it's kind of what it does. And they mm-hmm. had pictures of it. It's like, yeah, that looks like the the painting they showed in the episode. And mm-hmm. yeah, the I I you, you know I just. Just because this this scene just played on my TV, um, I I were, one thing I wish they'd done, but but they didn't do um, the 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 scene where the guy um, comes home with the lady and they go up the steps. Right uh, there, there's that it's all done in one shot, right up to the moment where she falls, and then there's a quick cut. You almost might miss it, but there's a quick yes. cut, and I really wish when I watched that scene that he'd done it all in one take. Because oh, yeah. because the actress she only has a few lines later it, she, it could have been a stunt woman, you know that, that they yeah. had to do that that because what happens is she, the guy runs up and then she runs up and like three steps from the top the camera suddenly pans down onto her high heels it like uh, bends and and doesn't break but it kind of bends and then it cuts to a slightly higher shot with her stumbling and falling down. Yeah, and I, get, I, she's supposed to be really drunk. She is supposed, yes, exactly, yeah, and and when I watch that scene, I, I it works because like when she falls down the steps, it's not like it's someone falling down the steps. It's there the stunt person is really going for it. So I think it really works. But I would love it if they'd done it in one shot. Because could oh, you imagine yeah. that? Like like the cameras looking down the steps and they come in and Carl is talking his talk and the guy's like, "All right," and he bounds up the steps and she's like, "All right," and she bounds up the steps and all of a sudden, and then she rolls down the steps hard, and it would have been like, "Whoa!" And it still is kind of a whoa, but I, I, just having watched that right now is like, "Oh darn it." I wish there was. I wish they could have got a st- just a stunt woman to do that, and they could maybe like sure. cut cut the lines back or something like that. Um, but uh, but it's regardless. It's I like it. I like it. So um, uh, what else do you have on this one? Let me let me let me well, let me note check. Uh, well, I can tell you uh, one of the things that's cool. There's a scene where Carl talks to this Catholic priest. Oh, I love that guy. Who who for some reason it seems like a narcoleptic or something. Yes. Constantly falling asleep, and he's played by Milton Parsons. Who was in so many movies in the forties and fifties? Yes, I recognize Always him. playing yeah. an Undertaker. Yes, yes. <laughs> or, or you'll know same yeah. person. Yes, you'll know when you see him. You'll go, oh, that guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got that kind of. Whenever you think like uh, 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 you're going to watch a comedy and there's a mortician, that's yes. what he looks like. 
Yeah, yeah, like it's it's yeah. If 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 you can think of like thirties, forties, like series of movies, if if they go to see, I'm sure Dick Tracy probably met him at one point. Sure, I'd, I'd have to look to see, but um, uh, yeah. but yeah, he's very. He, that's that's a fun scene too because you know it's one of those weird weird scenes where it's like you you don't know why he's falling asleep. Yeah, um, you don't know what, what's going on. He just keeps nodding they off. They don't. <laughs> And he's trying to sell Carl magazines. Yeah, he's trying to sell him magazine subscriptions, like as a bribe for information. Yes. He's like, oh, come on, get uh, you know, handguns weekly. You know. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, um, yeah. So I mean, that that's that's a fun little uh, little scene. It's, it's a nice um, little scene, and and to to the fact that he seems to be like in a sub basement. Or something like that. He seems to be like like in one of those basements where it's like you you there's like you you leave the elevator and there's like a cage and like he's in yeah. the cage or something like that. It's like what is he? They say he's not not accredited with the college anymore. So it's like where is he? What's going on? What's happening? He's got a lot of big <laughs> big big books. You know that's they're important because the books are big. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's some humongous books in this. Yes. <laughs> like ridiculously large. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that, and that's a fun scene. And, okay, and there's this guy who plays the coroner. The, the actor's mm. name is Davis Roberts. If you just sit there and close your eyes, you would swear to God it's Tim Meadows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when he's talking, he's talking like this about the body. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds just like any time Tim Meadows would do like an authority figure, mm -hmm. and it's it's hysterical. I, I was like, I kept looking, and I was like, is that Tim Meadows like with, you know, like white hair, like they made him up to look older or something, you know, mm, and a mustache. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah lots of fun little uh, guest shot stuff mm -hmm. in this episode but i mean that's kind of part of the course for the show really yeah and and i gotta say there's some beautiful vincenzo stuff in this too mm, this, mm, is, mm -hmm. this is the the um this is the now forgive me i may be <laughs> mixing my episodes but this is the one right where he wants the paper to be all good news is this the one yes yes uh, he, he wants the <laughs> thing wholesome wholesome hearty and humorous yes and he says he has he has update going through um uh, like previous newspapers and things, looking at like the wit and wisdom of Chicago. Yes, and then and then Updike shows at the shows up at the start. I found this one. This is wonderful. You love this, and it's something like uh, you know on, on Christmas Day, nineteen twenty four. They release these prisoners um, from yes. the 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 local you know prison as a Christmas thing. And um, and what was it? Something like and one of them went to the governor's house and like yes. beat him up or something like well, that. Uh, it was like it. and he he uh, he tied them all up and robbed him. <laughs> yes, that was. And it's like it's one of those things where and Vincenzo has this big smile on his face because he thinks now no longer are we going to be doing these horrible things. And it's just like and he went over there to meet the governor and he talked with the governor. Then he tied up his whole family, beat him up, and robbed him. And, and, and him and Miss Emily and Kolchak are in hysterics. And Vincenzo's like, no, 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 no. Is this? Is this? No, this isn't. Is this? I'm trying. Is this the one where he says he's a drummer? Yes, he. he you see, he, he does all that. This okay. I forgot to write that. Yes, called Tony Vincenzo and his Neapolitans. <laughs> 
which sounds like I mean that's when you think about like from like thirty five to forty five or so there were so many of these big band jazz bands yeah. going through America touring and there were so many that were like um uh um um regional. And such. So just the thought of like like Carl just laughing. You're a drummer. You can't. You don't even have to be rhythm when you walk. How can you? No, I was a drummer. And I had my own band, and it's yeah. just like I, I know someone needs to 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 compile all the great Vincenzo stuff because this one there's it's funny because there there's so many scenes with so many great character actors and and great actors. The actual story with the succubus is really nicely done. But then you also have this great stuff with Tony. It's like I spoke to the people in New York, and they're really excited about us just writing about the good things in Chicago, writing about the positive and stuff like that. And meanwhile, Carl is sitting there going, this demon uh, appeared and would kill people. And Miss Emily's like, oh, what's that word you just said? I want to use that for my crossword puzzle. And Vincenzo's like, yeah. he's got his hands in his hair. And he's like, and then Updike is, Updike is off to one side laughing hysterically at that story about the governor getting beaten and robbed. <laughs> it's just that like, came it, off improvised to me. That did, that did almost look like it. Yeah, yeah, that was... It's, 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 very, it's, it's funny because... Um, uh, I, I I had ri- I'd written down I, I wrote down I just wrote down Tony uh, and Vincenzo and 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 I didn't write down the drumming and and the um, and and the feel good stories but there's there's so much good stuff all the way around I think in here this this is a this is a super fun episode yeah I I, I I love how he's talking about it. it's like you know we won the battle of the bands. And our version of stomping at the Savoy yes, just burnt the, the house down. <laughs> Fletcher Henderson never had a chance oh. with Tony Vincenzo. <laughs> oh, such a, it's such a great scene. And it really, you know, sometimes, every once in a while, it's it, it, not like it affects my life, but it, 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 I get kind of <laughs> bummed out that this thing didn't run longer because, yes. man, the, the chemistry between McGavin and Simon it's Oakland so is good. so great. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. so effortless. And yeah. the, the the when you get the gang together, the four of them together, there's yeah. just something something fun. I mean, I always I always thought if there was I, I was thinking this today if if there was a second season, the first episode should have been one where Vincenzo, whether he likes it or not, becomes part of stopping the monster. Yes. Or whatever. Yeah. Well, that definitely so, needed to happen. So 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 like when the second season begins, maybe Vincenzo's like, okay, I can't um, I can't tell the people in charge. Exactly what happened because they'll think we're both nuts. But now I know what you've been up to over the past year or two or, or whatever. Several. It is. <laughs> yeah, or back in Vegas in Seattle. I know. I know what you were up to now. So to have like a um a partner in crime, as it were, who who also can't really say that he is your partner in crime. I think it would have been a nice, uh, and and then as as the show went along, maybe we could bring the others in and and have them take part in it. Or, oh, can you imagine like, how much fun it would it would be to like have like almost like a caper feel to it with Miss Emily? Oh wow, yeah. I mean, Miss, that yeah. would have been fantastic. You know, and just the point maybe where like Miss Emily or Updike gets involved with some sort of monster, and Carl shows up and they're like, oh, Carl, you're not going to be able to help up with, us with this, and Carl's like, actually. <laughs> I might be able to, <laughs> and you suddenly learn. And he's got like like his bag and Night Stalker filled with the vampire stuff. He's like, "Here's what we need to do." And like, "Oh, you you've been 
you're you're <laughs> up on this. Yeah, well, you know, you should you should watch the show. No one else did. No, I'm kidding. But we did. You know, you did. Um, <laughs> I, but, I would love like the monster, some monsters like coming towards them, and Miss Emily's there, and she's like, "Oh, Carl, I've got your holy water." You know, she's like, you, know, you get him. You know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean, yes. it would have been so, so take him down. That you, you there must have been that point. Like there must be the point where the you get the monster who discovers that Kolchak is about to stop them, so the monster goes after the everyone in the in the in the office. Right. You know, and just attacks the office, as it were. Because, I mean, the thing is pretty much right, the office, apart from the opening credits where something may or may not be happening in the office, in the actual show, the office is a safe place. Yeah. You know, it's 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 where Carl goes and he can have a breather and, and do his research. Except what? in the Spanish moss murders where oh, he did yeah. find like uh, moss on his desk. And yes. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> so so that's fun because yeah because there's some some monsters can get in some some can't. Yeah. So I like that. I like that. Uh, what what else do you have on this one? I think I'm. I maybe I, have I think I exhausted uh, <laughs> my list. <laughs> I think I think we covered it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. A, I, 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 I. Well, what 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 are your your final thoughts? I mean, you said your original thoughts after our chatter. One one more. Give me one more thought. Uh, well, I, you know, here's the thing. When it, it, I used to watch, uh, I had the old Universal uh, set, the DVD set. You know, before they restored it and everything. Yes. And the prints looked terrible, and um, yeah, yeah and. I remember thinking there was a real kind of like, okay, the first half of the season was really good, and the second half was like, nah. But the more I watch this, the more I find, like, the cons- the level of quality is pretty consistent. Yeah. There's a couple of, you know, highs and lows, but overall, I think they did a really good job uh, of picking uh, different creatures or scenarios that yes. would keep you interested and not duplicating stuff, you know, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. may have been a lot more difficult in a second season. Yes, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, like, as an example, our next episode is completely different from this. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's great. So you don't always know what you're going to get. I mean, granted, the formula is the same. Yes. It's, you, you okay, have... a couple of murders with his voiceover. He gets involved. He goes to meet a professor or someone who knows information, and then he goes and confronts the creature and kills it. And oh. you know, But the fact that they were able to keep it interesting, mm-hmm. despite the formula, I, I, I think uh, speaks really well of the show, and I, I, I think this was a, a really good episode. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, the exact same thing here. I always saw it in in my mind before I I talking uh, to you about it and and got the Blu-ray set. It was a Night Stalker was the best. Night Strangler I like almost as much. Yeah. The series starts off strong and then sort of fades into a morass of random monsters and too much repeated stuff. But boy, I mean, that's not what's happening now as i'm actually paying like really close attention to them i'm actually i i i i don't i might be speaking on a term but i'm actually kind of enjoying the back half of the series a little more than the first half i i think uh, i think the back half has i think they were forced to like okay we've done a zombie we've done a vampire we've done jack the ripper where, well, yeah i yeah. think they had to be a little more creative with their choices Mm-hmm. And I think that's why this, the the back half works so well. And I also think that I think as David Chase gets deeper into it and writes more, the sort of the the little character scenes become sharper and more fun. Yeah. 
I, I think because I remember like starting the show, I don't, I, 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 I remember being slightly bothered by how much people treated Carl with contempt and yeah. and just some of the scenes but but like this scene every one of those i mean Keenan when he Carl gives it right back to him the the three big character scenes with the priest and Carolyn Jones and and the coach are all excellent and the Vincenzo stuff i think is getting kind of funnier because i think as it goes along Vincenzo seems to be coming is more and more desperate to just like just I don't know what he's after. I mean, I guess he's really after that. He just wants it to be good news. That's never going to happen. He knows <laughs> that, but but he he tries it in this episode. I think it, it's weird. I think the show starts off with the main monsters, and then I really do think it does become more interesting when it has to go out to different areas. Yeah, so and we don't know what to expect. I mean, you know, we we don't know what a Rakshasa is. Yeah, exactly. And when you, you call know. your episode the vampire or the werewolf or the zombie, I got it. I know what's going to and, yeah. and that was the fun of those episodes. Because it was like, yeah. oh, Carl's coming up against a werewolf. Oh, he's going to fight a zombie. But now, that, that you can only go on so long doing that. And so now, like, the, the next one is... Um, what the hell is the next one? I the forgot what it is. Terror. Legacy of Terror. Thank you. And you hear that? You read that? And you go, okay. I have no idea what that's going to be. But if it's as fun as the last few episodes, I'm in. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess so. That is Demon and Lace, and I will uh, I will ask you, uh, Mr. Tim <laughs> S. Turner, <laughs> or as I call him, Tim Steve Turner. <laughs> what's what, what are you up to what's going on where are you online what's happening uh well uh me and uh my uh co-host kelly hogaboom host uh beauty the beast and the bees uh and we are a horror and b movie genre film podcast uh we actually had taken some time off because of uh some illness and stuff and so now we're our uh we just recorded the episode today for the one that oh. should be up Hopefully yeah, tomorrow or next couple of days. Oh, cool! Uh, where we're we're covering uh, the Batman, uh, the latest Scream, and of oh, course the, the, okay. uh-huh. the, the wonderful nice. Attack of the Crab Monsters. Um, love it, love it. <laughs> and you know we're on uh, you know iTunes and uh, pretty much any podcatcher for the most part, and uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you, as always. The next time we're doing Legacy of Terror. And next up... And that is the end of this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, let's see, where can you find us online? Eventuallysupertrain.blogspot.com At uh, eSupertrain1 on Twitter. Eventuallysupertrain on Facebook. You can email me at Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, Slacks, S-L-A-C-K-S, at Yahoo.com. If you feel like you want to, or you can leave a comment on Eventually Super Train. Eventually, I do post them. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's about it. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, we got uh, Gold Monkeys rocking along here. And uh, yeah, I think we got a, a nice run of shows happening. And uh, until next time. Mm-hmm.